0: Coming up on We Talk News this week... Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since So would you vote for this guy for U.S. Senate? Democrat Gary Chambers Jr. wants to unseat Republican John Kennedy in Louisiana. And this sesh has gone viral. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Mississippi is poised to become the 37th state in the country to decriminalize cannabis and start a legitimate medical program. Plus, research from Spain says cannabis enhances sexual pleasure in young people. Hey, it's great to be forever young. We Talk News is next. Pro Cannabis Media Programming and PCM-TV is supported by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first. And by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations, Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. And by Artery Pay, easy, cheap, fun and legal just like cannabis should be. We are Pro Cannabis Media.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media, and in this week's episode of We Talk News, the weeds are rising in the South, and 2022 is already showing promise for forging the way toward more normalization of cannabis, particularly in the form of politicians.
0: Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people.
1: Democratic U.S. Senate candidate Gary Chambers Jr., a progressive activist from Louisiana, just dropped this campaign ad that's definitely raising eyebrows and THC levels. In the ad, Chambers is seen in a New Orleans field smoking a big old blunt, discussing the continued social injustice and incarceration associated with the plant, a tactic he's using to try and blow smoke over Republican opponent John Kennedy. Earlier today, PCM's Jimmy Young spoke with George Jage, former CEO of MJ BizCon, and now the founder of MJ Unpacked, about his thoughts.
0: He's smoking a joint on camera and bringing up the fact that black people are three and a half times more, uh, get arrested three and a half more times than white people just because they've been profiled. And it's really the first time that you see a, a politician, someone who's running for office, smoking on camera, and explaining about the um, injustices that have been part of this world for many, many years. Um, and I will be sharing the uh, video with you after this interview, I promise. It's also... Well, Dan,
2: be- Dan, keep your keep your finger on the censor button, because all I got to say about that is, yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, the more that we can put this in, into the mainstream media and and really, you know,
0: Um, Listen, I'll move down to Louisiana and vote for the
2: guy.
1: This year, smokable medical marijuana became legal in Louisiana under certain conditions. But for a candidate to boldly toke up in a campaign ad shows how much further we're headed toward this plant becoming just a regular part of everyday life. And with that, let's check in on what's happening in the nation's capital. Here's Vote Pro Podcast's Phil Adams.
3: Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, and this is the We Talk News DC Report. After one full year in office, Joe Biden has yet to make good on any of his campaign pledges regarding cannabis. As a candidate, Biden ran on a platform of decriminalizing and rescheduling marijuana. He also stated during a primary debate that anyone convicted of nonviolent cannabis offenses, quote, should be let out of jail, their records expunged, be completely zeroed out. To date, however, no executive action has been taken toward federal decriminalization or rescheduling of cannabis under the Controlled Substances Act. Meanwhile, thousands of Americans continue to serve time in federal prison for nonviolent marijuana offenses. In addition, the lack of clarity on exactly where the administration stands has caused ongoing confusion for the cannabis industry and consumers. On the plus side, Biden has done nothing to interfere with state implementation of cannabis reform. In an interview with Marijuana Moment, Normal's new political director, Morgan Fox, said, quote, this inaction on modest cannabis policy reform over the past year is inexcusable and is a betrayal of the people that put the president in office. In a related story, a new poll shows that a majority of Americans feel Biden has not made much, if any, progress toward keeping his campaign pledges on cannabis. The survey by YouGov and The Economist asked respondents to rate the president's progress in achieving his campaign promises. On the issue of decriminalization, 54% of respondents said he's made little or no progress. When asked to look ahead to the coming year, 58% said they expect more of the same from Biden in 2022. A candidate for the U.S. Senate is shown smoking weed in his first campaign ad. Louisiana Democrat Gary Chambers released a 37-second campaign spot this week to highlight his opposition to cannabis criminalization. The ad opens with a voiceover of Chambers stating, quote, every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for smoking marijuana. The candidate goes on to list several more statistics about the harms of cannabis criminalization, all while seated in an armchair in a field smoking a cannabis blunt. Chambers, a longtime advocate for social justice in Baton Rouge, is running to unseat Republican incumbent John Kennedy. That's the Weed Talk News DC report for this week. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast.
1: And more states in the South could see legal cannabis soon. This week, the Mississippi House of Representatives voted in favor of the state's Medical Cannabis Act, putting Mississippi in place to become the 37th state with legal medical marijuana. The state Senate also voted in favor of the bill earlier this month, but some amendments were made to it. And now that bill goes back to the Senate. Before heading to the governor's desk for signing. And in South Carolina, Senator Tom Davis has introduced the South Carolina Compassionate Care Act, which would legalize medical marijuana in the state. Davis says he's spoken to the state's Senate majority leader and has received a commitment that it will be one of the very first things taken up with the legislative session beginning next week. Sticking with the Southern U.S., let's check in with Heather Allman for this week's Florida Report.
4: From Cannabis Law Report, I'm Heather Allman with this week's Florida Report for Weed Talk News. Next month, Miami will host Canadelic, the world's first cannabis and psychedelics conference. The multifaceted event boasts some of the biggest names in both industries, as well as several Florida lawmakers. One topic up for panel discussion will be the inevitable increase of medical marijuana operators in Florida as the number of state licenses will double within the next six months. On that note, the glaring void of minority representation in Florida's licenses is unsustainable, and it only took five years and a lawsuit for the state to finally announce in December that one medical marijuana license will be awarded exclusively to a black farmer. Applications for this long-overdue license will be accepted for a five-day time frame opening March 21st. The $146,000 price tag, however, is currently under fire. Skyrocketing from $96,000 for the state's original licenses, this solo license is being condemned as both predatory and discriminatory. A new week, another bust in Jacksonville as a woman was arrested inside the airport and charged with trafficking. Despite our legal state program, South Florida airports in Miami and Orlando have official cannabis bans in place, and as a result, illegal trafficking has sharply increased in North Florida. According to authorities, at least 500 pounds of marijuana have been seized at the Jacksonville Airport alone since April of last year. It's no surprise to the Department of Justice, who recently reported that interstate domestic trafficking has officially supplanted international cannabis imports, despite the expansion of state medical programs. That's a wrap for Florida Cannabis this week. I'm Heather Allman from Cannabis Law Report for We Talk News. As New Jersey dives into the legal world of adult use cannabis, it looks
1: like the ability to grow your own plants at home is being stifled, at least for now. While state lawmakers say they're not against the idea of ultimately letting folks grow their own, they say it's just too early. Edmund DeVoe, president of the New Jersey Cannabis Association, spoke with the state senator Nick Scutari about the reasons why.
2: I do see that it will happen at some point in time. I don't doubt that. I'm not against marijuana being grown at home and utilized for medical purposes and maybe even just recreational purposes. But we've got to let this industry kind of get off the ground, not even off the ground yet. And if we if we flood this market with tons of additional, uh, you know, a product, And that's what happens. I know people think it's going to be used for personal use only, but I just, it doesn't happen that way. The anecdotal evidence in Colorado and many other places is that there's a proliferation of home grow that just floods the adult market. And in other markets where it's not illegal, it gets shipped into Nebraska and other
1: New Jersey, Illinois, and Washington are the only states that specifically prohibit the cultivation of any cannabis plants without a license, but New Jersey is the only one that still prohibits its medical marijuana patients from cultivating cannabis at home. So, hopefully, the state's mindset will grow on that one. And while safe banking for cannabis companies may seem out of reach right now on Capitol Hill, a pair of senators in Pennsylvania are looking to get ahead of the game. Republican John DeSanto and Democrat Sharif Street are planning to co sponsor a bill that would safeguard banks and insurers against being penalized by the state of Pennsylvania. The senators say not allowing companies access to work with financial institutions is a public safety risk. And if adopted, this could set a huge precedent for how cannabis companies handle money going forward. So with that, let's check in with Claudia Post for the rest of this week's Pennsylvania
5: Report. Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'm here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, reporting for We Talk News. What's up? Pennsylvania announced a bill that legalized marijuana, but the bill defines cannabis to include industrial hemp. As I say, the hemp people are not happy about this because if the bill becomes law, hemp will be subject to the same rules and regs as marijuana. Go, That's not gonna work too well. So my fellow Pennsylvanians, I encourage you to call, write, or send a carrier pigeon to your state legislature to amend this bill so that hemp is removed from the definition of cannabis. This week, a really interesting article came across my desk, and I'm going to share it with you. It, it's going to take up a little bit more time than my normal reporting. Um, and it's about uh, a study that was done uh, with medical marijuana patients here in Philadelphia under the auspices of Thomas Jefferson University. And Thomas Jefferson has a whole department devoted to medical or marijuana research. And um, the folks were complaining about their struggle to get medical marijuana. They said that doctors are ill-informed that people working at the dispensary counter oftentimes are ill-informed. And they told the researchers that obviously, in a lot of cases, it's very expensive and too hard to find a lot of really good, solid information about the product. So we what we did was that they uh, spoke with the, this group of uh, researchers, and they said really what the basic core problem is, is that marijuana is still a schedule one. When it is being taken off, whenever that happens, uh, of course, the sunlight will happen and people have more access and understanding. But federal prohibition is why pharmacies that handle prescription drugs don't handle cannabis and why some doctors still refuse to prescribe Additionally, subsidized health care plans run by states and the federal government, like Medicaid and uh, Medicare, offer very sick or low income folks free or reduced pharmaceutical drug prices. No such program exists for cannabis. Similar complaints can be heard about from medical marijuana patients across the country. But in California, 25 years after medical marijuana was legalized, they're finally allowing cannabis in hospitals for long-term patients and for long-term care centers. Uh, Because very ill patients want to take cannabis, want to use their cannabis, and they now are allowed to do so in California. Not allowed anywhere else, but in California. As the Pennsylvania patients found out, despite all the political support and vast advancement of adult use legalization, things really haven't changed that much for formalizing medical cannabis. Let's fight to normalize every form of marijuana in Pennsylvania. That's a wrap for this week from our Pennsylvania Cannabis Report. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'll be back next week to talk about what's hot and what's not in Pennsylvania from We Talk News, have a great week.
1: In Vermont, a new bill brought to the table this week would decriminalize drug possession. And while the state does have legal weed, adult use sales are not yet up and running. Lawmakers hope the passing of this bill would help to address racial disparities in drug enforcement, something all too present in the cannabis world even today. With more from Vermont, here's Jessie Lindolen with this week's report.
6: I'm Jesse Lindolin from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses, and this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. Nicolas Carest was sworn in as the new U.S. attorney for the District of Vermont. He says he'll be focusing on violent crime, white collar crime, and bias incidences. And thankfully, cannabis will not be a top priority. The Cannabis Control Board met this week to discuss peer networking events for social equity applicants and review some of their proposed rules. They have officially filed rules three, medical cannabis and rules four, compliance and enforcement with the secretary of state. They're officially seeking public comment with a hearing planned to take place in mid to late February. But for now you can submit comments on their website. The Cannabis Control Board also issued guidance for municipalities. The guide was created to assist towns and other municipalities working with individuals and businesses seeking to establish a cannabis business. Vermontuana's winter ski days get-togethers are up and running. The next one is at Bolton Valley on January 27th and then February 6th at Jay Peak. They've also just announced Ski Can, a one-day music, skiing, and cannabis festival, on Wednesday, March 23rd at Magic Mountain Ski Resort in Londonderry, Vermont. Featured bands include the Aerolites, Beg, Steal, or Borrow, and Saints and Liars. Discounted tickets will be available for registered medical patients. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. The coronavirus pandemic and the Omicron variant seem to be
1: seeping in and wreaking havoc on certain industries, including cannabis. Pure Oasis, the first Black-owned dispensary in Massachusetts, says its plans for a shop in downtown Boston are being held up by the variant's wrath. The owner of Pure Oasis says construction companies are facing staffing and material shortages, and that many contractors are not willing to submit a competitive bid for the project. So who knows how long it'll be before Pure Oasis can open up shop in Boston. And with a closer look at what's happening in the Bay State this week, here's Ron Marshallsee
7: with the Massachusetts Report. I'm Ron Marshallsee with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. As the Omicron variant continues to surge, Massachusetts cannabis companies are facing significant shortages in certain packaging and construction materials that are essential to their operations. Some of these include vaporizer batteries and cartridges, childproof containers, and the steel beams and air conditioning equipment used to build indoor cultivation facilities. Cannabis producers and retailers said they are scrambling to find alternatives that are often at a much higher cost. According to New Cannabis Ventures managing partner Alan Brockstein, a downward trend in year-over-year cannabis sales growth in states appears to be stabilizing. He writes, While cannabis company revenue growth isn't entirely dependent upon how the states in their markets are growing, as many companies are expanding organically in their states of operation or into other states or by acquisition, the underlying demand for cannabis certainly plays an important role. He also says that encouraging trends are being seen in Illinois and Michigan, and year-over-year growth is now being seen right here in Massachusetts. And finally, the Holyoke City Council approved special permits for two marijuana manufacturing establishments, ACMJ and can Even with some council members concerned, the vote may violate a buffer zone ordinance, which has been described as flawed. The concern centered on a possible via- violation of a current ordinance that prevents cannabis businesses from operating within 200 feet of other uses, such as schools. Assistant City Solicitor Michael Bissonette said the ordinance remains problematic for investors and developers. When the regulation went to the Council for final approval in May 2021, the legal draft contained an error that included the phrase, zero buffer. He advised the Council to offer a motion under Roberts' rules to rescind and correct the language of the ordinance. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. Bay State Cannabis
0: Report is supported by Holyoke Cannabis, Holyoke's finest cannabis recreational experience.
1: After a thriving 2021, Air Wellness now has its sights set on New York State. The company's CEO says they're eyeing the acquisition of Cultivana, the owner of the cannabis-infused seltzer brand, Levia. The drinks are only sold in Massachusetts right now, but AIR wants to expand its reach into more states. With more from the weed world of business, Deborah Borchardt has this week's Green Market Report.
8: This is the business update for Weed Talk News from the Green Market Report. It was a shortened trading week with markets closed on Monday for the Martin Luther King holiday. This week, Agrify reported that its fourth quarter 2021 new bookings exceeded $250 million and the company reaffirmed its fourth quarter 2021 revenue guidance of $26 million to $28 million. Now, you may recall the company recently faced a short-seller attack that accused them of working with unlicensed companies, but Agrify says it is servicing early-stage cultivators. MaryMed signed an agreement to buy Green Growth Group. They are the holder of a provisional cannabis craft license in Illinois. Merrimed will get a building that can develop up to 14,000 square feet of canopy for cultivation, The price for this acquisition was not disclosed. And Cresco Labs announced the termination of their previously announced agreement to buy Blair Wellness, which is a Baltimore, Maryland medical dispensary. The CEO of Cresco said, We have terminated the purchase agreement with Blair Wellness due to the failure of certain closing conditions to be met prior to our specified termination date. So that is that. And I am Deborah Bortire, and this has been your business update for We Talk News. On the global
1: scale, weed continues to flourish. Officials in Thailand are looking to further loosen regulations on the plant. The Public Health Ministry's FDA has proposed that cannabis be completely dropped from the official list of prohibited narcotics. The proposal will be presented to Thailand's Narcotics Control Board. And if they agree, The public health minister just needs to sign it into effect. With more from the wide world of weed, here's Stephen Arthur-George with this week's European Report.
9: I'm Stephen Arthur-George with CAI Advisors from Lisbon, Portugal. This is the European Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. European cultivators still not meeting the Israeli medical cannabis demand. Back in November of last year, IM Cannabis Corporation reported they were sending a roughly 400 kilograms of dried flour to Israel. Just recently, the import was reported to be successful and they said the product would be entering the market this quarter. What this means is European cultivators are still struggling to meet the quality demands of the Israeli market, leaving an opportunity for cultivators globally and also in canada also in israel canonic sees promise in pre-clinical trials as the european medical cannabis market grows israeli producers and manufacturers have had their eye on that growth recently canonic reported that they had some promise with some cultivars both with treating inflammation as well as pain after launching this product line in israel they look to then enter the european market with these solutions as well back here in europe cannabis use rose throughout the pandemic similar to many other countries cyprus just reported on a recent survey that showed that consumption has increased throughout the pandemic. This is consistent with the rest of Europe as well, and also many other countries around the world. This same increase in consumption here in Europe also increased some of the conversations throughout Europe parliament as well when it comes to adult use cannabis regulations here in Europe. That's the European Cannabis Report. I'm Stephen Arthur George with CHI Advisors reporting for Weed Talk News.
1: Missouri is getting its first Black-owned dispensary. Since the state legalized cannabis for medical use, nearly 200 dispensaries have opened their doors, none of which are owned by people of color. Until now, Adrienne Scales-Williams, owner of Luxury Leaf Dispensary, plans to open her shop in the Grove neighborhood of St. Louis this week, bringing some much-needed and well-deserved representation to Missouri's industry. With more from the Show Me State, Brandon Jones has this week's Missouri Report.
10: Hey, thanks, Elena. That's right. We're very excited to finally have our first minority-owned cannabis industry, our cannabis dispensary here in Missouri. Very excited for Adrian. I was a part of a Minorities for for Medical Marijuana event just a few weeks ago, and they're actually hiring a lot of minorities for the dispensaries here. It's put on by Jason Mitchell and a couple other of the crew here in the Kansas City area trying to get the minorities not only, you know, obviously, we want them to own dispensaries, but to get them jobs uh, in the industry as well. Uh, my first story today comes from marijuana marijuana move moment. Uh, federal probe into Missouri medical marijuana licensing may be ongoing. Uh, we just found out this last week there was a document uh, released showing that they were still doing uh, what they call interviews with people uh, in the industry. So a person that was just uh, donating or you know supplying money, investing in a uh, cannabis industry here, was given through a full interview, asked all about what he was doing. And during the interview, they brought up the Independence Mayor, the Missouri lobbyist, Steve Tilley, and former Missouri House Speaker, John Deal, were all brought up in the interview. So we still know that the federal uh, FBI and stuff are still investigating here in Missouri. And also another big thing, my other story today is delivery is really taking off here in Missouri, another service that people are taking advantage of. Especially with the cold weather, I know here is only five degrees here in Kansas City yesterday. So a lot of people are taking advantage of that delivery services here. So once again, I'm Brandon Jones with Distribution Maven with the Weed Talk News report from Missouri. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great week.
1: The Golden State's cannabis market getting a bit clouded with illicit activity. And now officials in Los Angeles County are cracking down even more. Authorities there just signed off on a plan to issue fines up to $30,000 per day against unlicensed commercial cannabis activity. That includes grows, storefronts, and any other business found to be in violation. For a closer look at what's happening in California this week, here's Christopher Smith.
2: Hey, thanks for the intro. Here's the third California roundup for 2022 from Weed Talk News. It's National CBD Month, says The Californian, And if you ingest the versatile cannabinoid, I hope it serves you as well as it serves me and millions of other calm, healthy, well-rested, intelligent people around the world. MJBizDaily says that 2022 is going to bring new markets and new opportunities for California cannabis firms. More than a dozen California cities are opening new recreational cannabis licensing opportunities this year, either by allowing the legal industry for the first time or by increasing the number of available business permits. And one such new market is Napa Valley, which has approved a new ordinance to allow adult use this week. Medical dispensaries are currently allowed in Napa, but they're barely breaking even. How come? Because they found out what industry insiders have known all along. When you don't allow legal dispensaries, illegal dealers will happily provide. And anyone that says that legal dispensaries attract crime or sell to kids is totally full of misinformation. Meanwhile, the California market will try to absorb the tasty offerings of a Massachusetts-based company. Active Health Foods has a letter of intent for a joint venture with cultivation manufacturing and real estate uh, retail company, Hubcraft. The proposed joint venture will bring East Coast brands to the California cannabis market. Talk about bringing a sandwich to a smorgasbord. Guess who's coming to dinner? Freeway Cannabis by Rick Ross bringing Freeway Wick back home. Peyton's Place by Gary Peyton, a great player, even though he played for Seattle. And Truth 34 Brand via Paul Pierce. You better wear your Clippers jersey out here, pal. And Whoopi Goldberg's Emma and Clyde products. Well, welcome to California and good luck. And I'm Christopher Smith, publisher of the American Cannabis Report, sending peace. Paul Pierce and Pacalolo from California for Weed Talk News.
1: A decade into the adult use market, Washington State is now looking at restructuring the way it handles weed. One current bill is pushing to revamp the makeup of the Liquor and Cannabis Board. The bill would make the board more like the state's Gaming Commission and add additional board members to, quote, help expand their capacity to tackle the really complex issues facing the legal market today in Washington, unquote. Some advocates have criticized the board of being too heavy-handed in enforcement, so we'll see what kind of change this brings. And with more from Washington State, let's check in now with Josh Kincaid. I'm Josh Kincaid from The Talking
11: Hedge with the Washington State Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. D8 and synthesized cannabinoids appear to be among the top concerns for Washington State's Liquor and Cannabis Board, according to the Cannabis Observer. The explosion in hemp growth following the passage of the Farm Bill has led to a sale of Delta-8 products in some states that hadn't permitted the cannabis sale. In an effort by state regulators to rein in the sale of intoxicating cannabis that can be produced with materials outside their authority, the Washington Liquor and Cannabis Board has requested a change in the law to prohibit the sale of Delta-8. Some existing producers in the state argue that the ban is necessary to avoid an existential crisis for their businesses as hemp producers can provide raw materials to turn into intoxicants for pennies on the dollar compared to the legal cannabis producers that must adhere to a costly set of regulations from the state. Major cannabis industries, trade organizations like the Cannabis Alliance, have offered their own plan for rebuttal to the Liquor and Cannabis Board, saying that the state will stifle future growth in an industry that produces tens of millions of dollars in excise tax revenue each month. Next week, you're going to find out about Washington State's arrest protection bill. But with that, we're going to have to roll up this Washington State Cannabis Report. I'm Josh Kincaid from The Talking Hedge reporting for Weed Talk News. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't.
1: And I'm out. The legal marijuana marketplace in Michigan continues to bloom. More sales numbers solidifying what we reported last week. That sales only continue to skyrocket in the Great Lakes state. And even better, the price for consumers is only dropping. When the market launched, a pound of cannabis was worth just over $8,000. But last month, that number sank to just below $3,000, driven by an increase in supply in the market. With more, here's Michigan Normal Executive Director Rick Thompson.
12: Hello again. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson for Weed Talk News. Let's begin. Kalamazoo Valley Community College is adding a new cannabis workforce certification program to their curriculum. The courses are set for a February 15th launch date, and they cover three topic areas, cultivation technicians, provisioning center associates, and advanced manufacturing agents. Now, the certification programs are online only. They take about eight weeks and are not credit hour courses, meaning they do not contribute toward any degree field. The program is open to anyone, and each eight-week certification program costs about $900. A sign-up link will become active by February 15th, according to MLive. Now, in a follow-up to their nationally recognized Pot for Shots program, the Greenhouse of Wald Lake has launched their Pot for Plasma Drive. This effort comes in conjunction with the guys and gals at u Bake Cannabis which is a Genesee County cultivator and Medibles creator. The Red Cross tells us that the supply of blood is lower than usual, so these two companies have teamed up to offer a free pre-rolled joint to anyone who shows proof they donated blood. The special offer began earlier this week and runs through February 27th. Now, what kind of proof is needed, you might ask? a sticker on your arm, or a Band-Aid in the right place will do, according to the press release issued by the two companies. Remember, Jerry Millen and the Greenhouse gave away 30,000 pre-rolled joints in their Pot for Shots campaign, which launched about one year ago. To claim your smokable prize, visit the Greenhouse in Walled Lake during normal business hours. A particular sign in the Upper Peninsula community of Houghton had been up for 30 years with no problems, so a cannabis retailer called The Fire Station decided it was probably safe to rent it. The cannabis ad went up, and almost like anti-magic, the sign was suddenly out of compliance with the height requirement, and the stanchion it sits on was never approved before it was used. You know how that goes. City officials suddenly had lots of questions to ask about the 30-year-old sign. They behaved so prejudicially, the fire station sued the city. The city responded by threatening to pull the retailer's license to operate, which was incentive enough for the fire station to take down the sign while legal wranglings are being wrangled. Now we have a couple of quick hits here. A Canadian company called Red, White & Bloom opened shop on a 15,000-square-foot cultivation facility in Warren, the 10% jump in cannabis sales Michigan experienced in December has many experts excited about 2022's market potential. At Lemonati Farms dropped a line of cannabis products packaged in milk cartons in an effort to pay homage to the cannabis OGs of the unregulated market days. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News.
1: Now here's something I think we all know. A new review of cannabis studies suggests that the long-lasting impacts of smoking weed could impact our ability to think and plan. Big surprise. No. The study highlighted several areas of cognition impaired by cannabis use, including problems concentrating and difficulties remembering and learning. I mean... I think we can all agree getting stoned tends to have that effect but in another study in spain researchers say cannabis users have better sex the study found quote sexual function is improved in young people who are high risk cannabis consumers with a moderate risk of adult use resulting in increased desire arousal and orgasm Hey. Whatever you're looking to get out of your cannabis use, I think this goes to show that we need to keep researching this plant and all the complexities it has to offer. With that, remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. So use it wisely and responsibly. I'm Elena Pinto for Weed Talk News and Pro Cannabis Media. See you next week.
0: Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at Pro Canna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabisMedia, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabisMedia, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabisMedia, Twitter at Pro Canna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabisMedia. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand.